Welcome back to Screenfish Radio. I am so glad you could join us tonight as we are talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And I am always happy when a Marvel movie comes around because it means I get to speak to the Marvelettes. And I'm so thrilled to have Mira Ibrahim and Dina Hamdia back. Welcome to you both. I'm so glad you could be here. Thanks for having us again. Yep. Always excited to bring the Marvelettes gang back together. <laughs> I, I, I really do look forward to it. I hope that you two don't get bored of this because you're my go-to now. This is great. I love it. I love it. Um, You'll I, get my bill. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you got, uh, Dina, you've never actually submitted a receipt. So I... Uh, <laughs> We've Fair done enough. this about 10 times now. Never so. too late to start. Oh, no, it's it's, uh, it's one of those on the tab. Like, I, I open the tab for you. You'll get my bill. <laughs> so Screenfish got to pay off its tab. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> got to close it out. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 follows Peter Quill, a.k.a. Star-Lord, as he is still reeling from the loss of Gamora, and he must rally his team to defend the universe and protect one of their own. If the mission is not completely successful, it could possibly lead to the end of the Guardians as we know them. As always, this podcast is rated S for spoilers, but uh, I am dying to hear from you both what you thought of Volume 3. Who's taking us home first? Sure, I'll, I'll jump in. Uh, you know what? I really loved it. I thought it was really good. Um, it's It strikes... It's very James Gunn, which is uh, very enjoyable. It strikes such a good balance of like lighthearted, serious subject matter. And okay, so super random way to gauge a movie, but Marvel movies are long. And movie theater seats are not always comfortable. And so sometimes I start to like shuffle in my seat. Like I'm just not comfy. I've, I've lost a little bit of my focus because my bum is uncomfortable. And I'm like, should I sit on my coat? Let's shift to the other side. I did not experience that once in this film um, because it really was quite riveting. Like I was happy to stay focused. Like I just really enjoyed it. It was fun. So your, your high critique is that your bum didn't go numb. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, you know, it's it, late. <laughs> it's when I'm just saying like, this is a, this is a pretty regular phenomenon. It's an unusual thing. For you know, it to not matter. That's all. We're More learning a lot about film. Mira tonight. It's uh, <laughs> a frequent occurrence. Loves comfort. Loves Uncomfortable that. movie seats is a problem. <laughs> and likes time to fly by and not feel yeah. it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I I totally Mira. I 100% agree with you. I love this movie. I will say. I'm not usually this positive about these movies, Steve. So I thought maybe you'd enjoy this, but I, because usually I have a lot to say, right? I think the last movie, I liked Ant-Man, uh, but I, I have not been the most positive with the previous few. Um, and uh, I cried in this one. So I was bawling. And was I it because cry. your bum was numb? I'm it sorry. was. But can and I, I ask that? Like, I'm not sure if I can. Well, I, yeah, I'm like, well, the VIP seats are great, but, uh, but still, no, it was great. It was from the moment that opening like scene with rock, I just couldn't, mm -hmm. I have this thing about animals and I just, I, something hit me. And so I cried mm -hmm. in the way that it was shot and the hand going in like this to kind of reach 
I just couldn't. I there was just a lot, a lot in it. The movie was fantastic. It was a joy. It was a ride. Uh, it was a perfect kind of tie to the Guardians and introducing kind of the new wave of what where they go next. And they introduced new characters that you kind of liked and didn't and didn't understand. And you're like, I'm gonna get to know you later. So that's why I'll put you on pause. But yeah, so I loved it. I I can't say enough about this movie. I think it's it's kind of highly rated, as it not, Steve? We kind of bring this up in these things. You well, tell it, me when I'm you're like, Ant Man was like 30%. And I'm like, I love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's interesting about this one? And I, this surprised me. Uh, I think the well, it didn't surprise me that the the fan response is about ninety two percent. The critics are at sixty, or I think it's yeah. about sixty percent. Really? Yeah, and 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 I've I've read articles saying that this is proof that the MCU is dead, and and it's like really this. I thought is... the opposite with this movie, but yeah. I yeah, thought they I did agree. something right here. I, I was so disappointed in the previous ones that they rated maybe a bit higher. This one was a perfect story. It was Rocket was the protagonist of the movie. It was sort of this like culmination. I loved, I loved, you know, this whole aspect of trauma and, and perfection at the same time. So we can talk about that later. But yeah, I, I love the way the story was written. I love the way it was told. I love the flashbacks. You connected, you understood, and you sort of knew Rocket had something lingering from previous movies, and it just tied everything together. And you're everything makes sense when it comes to him and the way he reacts to affection mm-hmm. and the way he and it, so I just I love that they tied him in. I think so. James Gunn, I don't know if you you saw this, but James Gunn had come out and said the first Guardians movie was about like the mom, right, the mother, mm-hmm. and then the second one was about the dad, and then this yeah. one was about self. Mm-hmm. And I found that interesting. Mm-hmm. Because it's not just about self for Peter Quill, but it's about just self, all of them. Yeah. All of them at the end kind of found them, their purpose or their selves, right? Like even Mantis is like, I'm going off. I'm doing my thing. I've never, ha- I've never had this before. And it's sort of identifying in yourself. So I just love that concept of kind of finding yourself, even if it's leaving those you love or maybe a new journey starts for you. Um, but yeah, so I loved it. I can't say anything negative about yeah. this movie. Self is an interesting position because you talked about like trauma and some of those pieces. I'd also add blame. Like I think the movie yeah. really pulls like blame in all sorts of places and directions too. Um, I, I don't know if I 100% buy self. Maybe like. This is what he said, but I mean, yeah. you know, you could Maybe take it like whatever self, way. Self-actualization because I, to me, it really came down to family. Like that confidence and that connection to family that allows, I thought of it almost like secure attachment right like if you raise a child with the right like enough love and they are secure in knowing that they are loved and that you are there to guide and protect them then they explore the world on their own without fear right but when you've got avoidant attachment or like when there's a break in in that building of I am safe and you are safe when you are in my sphere like so you and I will be your anchor you can always kind of anchor back to me then you now you have the confidence to explore, to grow, to do um, without feeling like you have to be like codependent or connected or attached. So I like that's maybe how I would position it, maybe the self, but the self in the sense of building from the security of the family unit that was built. And I think nowhere 
random giant godhead skull thing that it was. Yes, it's awesome. Re- right? Represented <laughs> that. Like that became yeah. the base from which they connected uh, as a family. They ran through their pieces mm-hmm. on blame, right? Like when Rocket was first taken and and Peter was like, if I hadn't been drunk, like there, anyways, I think there's a lot to play around with, with blame and family and like an anchor to give you the freedom to, to go out. See, I would, I would go back. I'd actually like that description of self. And, and personally, the reason is, is that every character in this film finds their value of themselves. Bells. Yes. Yeah. The family aspect is key. I agree. It's abs. It's it's who they are now. They are a family, but Rocket becomes at peace with himself. Mm. Um, uh, Peter becomes at peace with himself. Drax. They say, "I don't even." They say to him, "I don't even know what you're doing here." And then at the end, they're like, "I know who you are now." So I can mm-hmm. I can see that. Um, I I honestly, you know. Going back to the last time we talked and we talked about superhero fatigue and all this stuff, like, you know, the cure of superhero fatigue, make a good friggin' movie. And, and, and this film invested in its characters and look, I, I like that man. I'm one of the few defenders. It's not a great movie. I know it's not a great movie, but I had fun watching it. The third one, Mm -hmm. right? But it doesn't invest in its characters. It, they, the whole the whole Man franchise, none of them ever did. The yeah. Spider-Man one did. Uh, the two Black Panthers movie have. This one has. Um, even Iron, the three Iron Man movies do, sometimes to lesser success, even though by the end, like, they they absolutely invested in, in Iron Man character, but it's mm. films, films lesser degree in some ways. You had you had somebody that cared about their characters, was interested in seeing them grow, and and I think that's what it takes. Like I know he can't. I know every franchise is different. Thor is another franchise that, as much as Thor is Thor, doesn't care about Thor. Like there, I I I I love Chris Hemsworth. I think he's hilarious. But I can't tell you any of the films that give you any real character growth. Maybe the last one. But what I are think you talking he, about? He was like he wears a fat suit and an endgame. What more do you want for growth? He, okay. he grew. I, I think he and, and, he, and he's fixed in five seconds <laughs> he, in the final movie. I think uh, if you look at him from the first movie though, and very self-centered, and it, I think he actually grows a lot in the first couple of films as it connects one, into maybe. yeah. First yeah. one, maybe. The second one was what? No, the second like... one though is not the best. Like the second one is forgotten about. I think, I think the third one is good Thank because you. he finds his sense of humor and he becomes yeah. this kind of personality because of his hair. And then I think you know how I feel about Love and Thunder. Regardless of that, I think I agree with Miriam. I've seen him grow, and now he has the child he's raising and whatever. But. <laughs> It's it's not you're right though. I don't think they've invested the same way. That's all. And I'm it's this it's the story mm-hmm. coming full circle. Like I think, Miriam, what you had said about like family and rebuilding. The number one thing I took from this is with nowhere they had to rebuild a home. Mm. Nowhere was technically you know destroyed or whatever, and they had to build mm-hmm. it and they had to make it a home for them, right? And then in their mm-hmm. Christmas special, yeah. you kind of saw how they did that, and then you go to Peter's story. 
And I, I found it extremely interesting that he's like, did you go visit your grandfather? And he's like, no, he left me. And his perception of what happened as yeah. a young kid wasn't accurate. And so mm. even though you think, you know, how your family was laid out, your perception of it traumatizes you, even though if it's it's not the truth. Like he never left him or whatever his perception was in that hospital room with his mom is actually the opposite. And so I think it's just your perception of it as a, as a child or how you grow up. So I... I just think the story and how they tied it all together, it makes you invested. So I agree. Mm. Some of the other characters, it's not as much. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's it was a roller coaster ride. I have not cried this much in a movie. And it was yeah. mostly because of the rocket situation. Um, but even even leaving family, Marianne, like you talked about family mm. and like having, building that family and security blanket, but being comfortable leaving it. Mm. When when it's because it's your next thing yep. that you're gonna go do. I don't think Mantis mm-hmm. wanted to leave. Obviously, Peter wouldn't want to leave putting somebody else at the at the helm and leading the pack, you know, with Rocket. Mm. You don't want to leave your security blanket. Sometimes you have to. Yeah. Because so there's a greater what, thing on the other side. That's why I would say it's about self. And I don't mean selfishness. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because they became as much as they're still a family they became individuals Mm -hmm. and in a healthy way they didn't force a single not one romance they didn't force any of it i'm like i thank you yes they don't do that marvel didn't marvel didn't take the easy way out yeah i i was really impressed such a small thing but it was so big yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think, I mean, again, to me, like, so I'm, I'm fully aligned with both of you and uh, yes, so much growth of the individuals, but I think, again, I'm, I'm going to hold firm to my family piece because at the very end, uh, when we finally hear Groot say something other than I am Groot and thanks to somebody else's internet searching, so not my own revelation, but the uh, the thinking behind that or the intention there is not that like Groot suddenly starts saying other things, it's that now we're in his inner circle sure. and we can actually hear and understand what he's saying. Like that, that, again, the self that allows, it's like a symbiosis between the individual and the family, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought I took it completely, well, I took it a little bit like now we as the audience can understand Groot. Yeah. That's what she's yeah. saying. What I, oh, is that what you're saying? Okay. Yeah. Cause I'm like, yeah, yeah, I yeah. love that. That part I yeah. loved. Cause I'm like, yeah. oh, we took this ride with you for so long. Yeah. That I we're totally in the family now and we can understand yep. you. Yeah. Totally. Totally yep. agree with that. It was yeah. actually, I think they did a lot of, um, I don't know how, how you felt about the F bomb being dropped for the first time ever in a Marvel movie. I, I mean, you know, I was going to bring this up. Um, well, I think they only had, what is it for, for Steve, you're more of a buff than me about this, but how, what is it for PG-13 and the number of, so I don't know if this yeah, is I'm sorry. Case, but apparently- Am I a buff only, on how many f No, no, the ratings, the ratings of movies. You're oh, the movie buff. Yeah. How, rating? If you do a rating of, do you, can you use like like specific language, a certain number of, I don't know is how it depends. Is not a Marvel film? It is. It's, it's, R, it's rated it's, R. No, I know what but you're it's, asking. It's rated R. I'm talking about PG. Is it PG-13? No. It but is. They, they're not supposed to drop. I think it's like you only get one. <laughs> Do you only get one? F-bomb okay. or only? There is, officially, there's no rule. The, that's the reality. Everybody thinks there's, there's actual rules. Officially, yeah. there are none. It really comes down to the comfort level of the MPAA. But 
The MPAA will allow one F-bomb in a PG-13 film as long as it's not used in a sexual manner. Okay. Oh. Interesting. So, and that's exactly what happened here. As it was in the car. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. Huh. I thought it was interesting because I hadn't seen it. Other than that, which is rated R, and that's its own kind of yeah. outside of the world yep. of... It's intentional. But, it's an intentional driver in Deadpool, right? Like the it just the dialogue wouldn't I, be without it. I yeah. just loved it. I thought it was yeah. so well done. I was like, yes, this is amazing. And it was so subtle and it wasn't needed. It was just kind of a throwaway. Um but yeah. again, like this concept of I can't I don't know how to drive. I love that part. It makes so much sense. You're like, this guy has it, he's in space. Yes, he's from Earth. And he's like driving Nebula's like, yeah. well, you drive. I'm like, well, do you know how to drive Nebula? Like, I don't know this. It's it's the little things that you're I don't yeah. know. I just I just thought that was really lovely. I really liked that moment. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, what I liked about the uh, the the F bomb, I will say, is that they it is it's strange it's almost strange how they did it. Like it's it's complete. Like I like that you say it was like completely unnecessary yeah. because a lot yeah. of times they'll choose their spot. They'll mm. like sort of choose their spot and say like I want to hit the most emphasis with it here, and I'm going to make a big deal of using it in this space. But it was such yeah. an odd way to include it. Like it's like, um, it, it was it was just it was it was casual. Yeah, mm. it, it was so like it was so random that it almost in some ways was was like worked better because it wasn't like i like i would have expected it you know in the grand you know as he's standing in the grand throne room with uh the Mm. high evolutionary and he's gonna right i'm gonna make you yeah Yeah, exactly but he just says it and you're like wait that that's not normal but but it also wasn't jarring like to your point no No, it was so casual that it, it's almost easy to miss. Like it just yeah. was such an everyday kind of thing. Yeah. Anyway, I just yeah. thought that was funny. I had to and, bring that up. It's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. thought, Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say in answer to your, your comment about isn't Deadpool Marvel. I think I know what you're asking. And the truth is it wasn't Disney. Mm, it was, yeah. Fox. it was, it was intentionally. That's R-rated. right. Yes. But this is, Remember, they're just they bought Fox after the first two movies, so they're just bringing him into the MCU. Yeah. So the yeah, point yeah. of this being the first F bomb isn't that oh, Deadpool was never part of the MCU. He is now. Yes. Um, but but it's Marvel. Disney. Disney has never dropped one in a Marvel film. Yeah. 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 That's fair. I was um, I was going to talk about like parts that we thought we found like really funny in the movie. So you were talking about kind of the F bomb drop was funny. Um, and of course now it's fallen in my, out of my head, the part, oh, the part I thought was really funny is, uh, and again, just a subtle, like not a big thing is when they're on this planet with the high evolutionary, uh, and, and they, they meet that poor sheep family or Ram family. And, and, and Peter's idea is, oh, you can't understand me because we've kept separate languages. I'm just going to talk louder and slower. And then you will magically under, I just found that hilarious like it was such a good on point piece of like comedic uh presentation yeah um when i came out of the theater we were talking uh, a couple of us were talking about the film because it's so dark we were talking about how genuinely funny it was i was like well of course it had to be funny because if it wasn't 
you you like you would know what to do with this because it was also one of the more intense marvel films that we've seen like they did not hold back yeah so it had better be funny along the way uh otherwise yeah otherwise... you made this argument before with the thor one because i had yeah. come to you saying mm, too funny I didn't feel the same way about the Thor one that I did with this one. And I'll tell you why the connection with this one was just strikes at you where it's the, first of all, I think the, the way it was shot was like beautiful in terms of how they brought it in and, and the, the hand kind of reaching. And, you know, as a, if you have an animal, you know, you never go to them this way. You always have to kind of, because it's yeah. threatening. And then, you know, like the, the, what, what rocket had to go through, like we were invested in previous films. And so I emotionally, don't get this. I, I just knew it hit me. And I, I think they did a better job than Thor. Thor was just silly the entire time. And I didn't see, I mean, the only emotional part about the cancer, I didn't, it didn't hit me as much because it was kind of covered so much by the humor. This was a combination of both. I literally was crying and the next scene laughing immediately laughing. because it yeah. cut through to the next funny thing. And I, yeah. And I was like, no, because it was, I think, the, the one with the dodge where, where he hit the, the Drax hit with the with the ball. And it and I was I died. I was like crying mid, like tears and then laughing right away. But yeah. Like I was like, oh, my God, this poor kid. Um, but yeah, I thought they did a great job. I, I can't say enough about this. I'm sad. I want to see more of I hope James Gunn does more of the Guardians. I, I don't think he will. He's done. He's too I busy. know. I'm there. sad because this was just a ride that I couldn't, but I just yeah. come from like, uh, I think the, the, the part about the, the people who dance and people who don't <laughs> dance, I wanted to also bring up because I like that piece um, where, you know, Drax is dancing at the end. And I think it's this concept and I don't know, Steve, if you want to get into kind of the concept of perfection and the appearance of being perfect or, Oh, you know, people who, yeah dance or this and this reception of and then at the end you realizing that it's it's okay to dance because you know you're kind of with you're being seen in a different way now people yeah. are seeing that Drax can understand this language and he's actually pretty smart and he has strengths that other others in the group don't have and so yeah I really like the the you know people who dance and people who don't dance and I just kind of like love yeah. that concept um anyway I don't know what you thought about it but I that really hit me I think a little bit you know, I love <clears throat> the celebration that is experienced at the end, and it feels like a natural one. The uh, the dancing is part of it. Again, like that that confidence mm. to do that sort of thing. But I I, I feel like you know to I we've seen celebrations at the end of movies that happen all the time. Like, but I think of like. Return of the Jedi or, you know, after they've blown up the Death Star and everybody's like doing, you know, it's, a, but it, it, it's movies like that feel so forced. This one just sort of felt like a natural outpouring of, of character growth uh, for me. And the song choice is beautiful. Oh. You know, it's beautiful. Um, the, but the soundtrack is just, you know what it is, I think. And it's not, it's, it's the, I know that, uh, like James Gunn had said, oh, I play the music on set to get the actors kind of invested in in the music and kind of feel it a little bit. Um, but yeah, that last that last scene um, where it's like, oh, Drax, you're not meant to be a destroyer. You're meant to be a father. Like I, yeah, ah. that broke me. 
that was when it broke me. There were a couple times I was like, I'm cho more choked up in yeah. than I am in the average. You know, like Marvel films don't really get to me very often. There's on on a yeah. but that 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 that's where I broke. That's where I broke. Everything with the animals. So every time yeah. that it was Rocket and Lila and Floor and and teeth. And teeth. <laughs> Uh, yeah that uh yeah i um we those were very like emotional powerful but really tough scenes um i think it is tough because they thought they were being made to be perfect they want to start crying mm -hmm. now, that yeah. they were going to be good enough to go to counter earth yeah and that like being naive to think that and then when rocket finds out that that's not the case and has to run back and like tell them like that yeah. was just sad after everything they'd gone through um, yeah. to make these perfect things that are going to be worthy of counter earth, yeah. which then get blown up anyway, because I can start over and build something else that's perfect. Yeah. And new. I loved what you were saying there, Dina, because the, the, the idea of perfection in this film is wild to me. Like mm. this, I, in some ways, yeah. it's the same conversation we saw in the last Marvel film. We It's not a different conversation we heard from Kang, but it's so totally. much more fully fleshed yeah. out. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, I really, I, I mean, for me, that was, that was just a key, a key point. But I, I mean, I love the whole bunch of stuff in, in this movie. Um I think the relationship between Peter and Gamora and that difference there, I think that was important to see that they didn't just get back together at the end of the movie. I like that. I like that. You know what? She's different. She may mm. fall in love eventually again, but that dynamic of him being heartbroken and, oh, what if? And, oh, she used to be in love with me. And then that he looks over at um, Nabila because she's like, you should be with somebody like her. And he looks over mm. at Nebula and talk about perfection again, tying it all back. He says, oh, I never noticed how you know dark your eyes were. And she'd mentioned Thanos and mentioned that this is how Thanos made me. And these are the what. And he said, oh, you picked a perfect set or a good set. Yeah. It's like. But, but he's, though, he's trying to like make light of torture. She's like, this is how he tortured me. And he's like, oh, I know. But well, even you know. then, maybe he was being sincere that they are. They look nice. But even with you trying, I guess somebody's trying to make you perfect because Thanos was yeah. torturing her. Um, yeah. even with that on the other side, some beauty comes out of it. Right. And mm -hmm. and it's not because rocket, like he was tortured and I guess thought yeah. he was being made perfect, but even though perfection doesn't exist, still beauty at the end of it and seeing something, I don't know if I'm making any sense, but seeing something, you know, there anyway, beyond the torture, there's mm -hmm. always something on the other side. Um, mm -hmm. that's kind of what I took from it with that, with the nebula piece, but I, it could be just me. That ties back to perfection for me, because I felt that at the end of this film, the message was you're enough. That's what I felt the message is. The message is you are enough where you are. Now, that doesn't mean that characters can't grow and change. And we mm -hmm. see that and it doesn't it's not that it encourages that. But you see Rocket come to terms with who he is. Um and and how he's been made and you see peter come to terms and let go of this relationship with gamora gamora right yeah not nebula gamora 
um, which has sort of defined him. Every character by the end of the film sort of is in a place where who they are is either found or enough. Mm. That or, is profound. or heard. Yeah. Or heard. Even Groot, right? Yeah. Yeah. Drax and Groot. Drax. Yeah. No one listens to Drax the entire time until he starts speaking. The, that's the whole point with the kids. Yeah. Like, when? Why didn't you tell us you could speak their language? You didn't ask. Nobody asked. Yeah. Yep. Um, and the high evolutionary's definition of perfection in this, and the definition that the guardians land on, I think are fast. Like they're fascinatingly different to me. Like this. Mm -hmm. This. This is. This is a film that I think lands on we're imperfect and that's okay. Personally. Yeah. 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 Really. I think that also the part where, you know, at, like the, you know, Adam Warlock was made to be perfect and was taken out of the cocoon too early. And yet he is not perfect. And he is, I don't want to say like not the smartest, but just not fully cooked yet, not fully baked yet, I guess you could say, as his mom would. But I, I found that extremely. Yeah. Um, interesting because it's all of the other folks that have been through trauma and have gone through all of the things are more near perfection or near, you know, being enough than somebody who's literally made to be perfect. And just, uh, it, 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 to me, it's like the, it was the contrast is interesting. Well, but it's interesting because the high evolutionary abandoned that, like he built that people, that race to be perfect, decided for whatever reason, they weren't perfect enough. Like he just keeps abandoning to keep redoing, retrying, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think, I think what I would use maybe instead of perfect is everybody else is more whole. Right. And so the trauma, yep, exactly. the, like it allows them to be more whole and more connected where I think perfection as unattainable as it is also segregates right? Like it separates, it pulls out, it fragments because we can't deal with the imperfect. Um, and so it, it actually, like you're more connected and more whole in your imperfection because it's real and you learn and you grow from trauma, right? It's a little bit, um, what's it called? Kitsuki, you know, the Japanese art of like when something breaks, yeah. they put it back together with gold as to highlight kind of where the, the reconnection points are and they consider it more beautiful because it's been it's additive now something's been added to it which they use in loki i don't know if you knew that they the when he when they make it to the the end game if you will no pun intended where they're 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 standing with okay. kang that's the that's what they've done on the walls of the building they yeah look they're all the cracks have been filled with gold like like exactly like what you're describing yeah I, I like what you're saying there. The idea of wholeness as opposed to perfection is an interesting distinction because um, we see that they're still imperfect, hmm. but they're, you know, even Rocket saying people need a second chance. Everybody deserves a second chance. Yeah. So there's still that imperfection, but hmm. rather than blowing it up, a pun intended there, um, it's, it's like how can how can we rebuild and what it, and and there's there's a there's a real sense of value um i mean the community aspect is there that's why i like this idea of it of, of it being about indiv like individual as well as what we've mm -hmm. talked about being family because i think that there's a real sense of 
wholeness is a better word. Wholeness that is, 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 takes place at the end of the film. Yeah, totally. I think, and and that's for me. Like, it's it's even about like I just find Rocket and his friends and that friendship is just they were whole. They were all whole to me. Like they really owned mm-hmm. their own self. Mm-hmm. Like so, so even the names they came up, right, like Lila, and then floor because floors is always on the floor and floor, i was like yeah. oh i love this and the teeth and and yeah. oh, this is all making each of them just to me whole like it it mm. ties it all nicely and i i love the part where lila kind of brings rocket back to life and it really ties in with the other movies of like yeah. it's not your time yet friend right like yes yeah. you'll be with us but go back um, and the fact that you know he was a rac- he has been a raccoon this whole time, mm. I just thought it was it was funny when he's like, you know what I mean? Like I'm not yeah. I'm not a raccoon, but then you see, so it's it's tying it all together. And I just yeah. I can't say enough about this, this movie. I think that I was I was law I was at loss for words at some point when somebody like Rocket, who's traumatized, detests the world, outlaw, is then becoming smarter than the high evolutionary and yeah. that the high evolutionary has to go to him to say, how did you know that? How did you do that? And so in creating, trying to create perfection, you eventually, I don't know. It was just a weird, I don't know if you saw that or thought anything. That the it, creation that, that, that surpasses the creator. Yeah. 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 So, so my little theory on that, and it's totally a very naive rose colored glasses kind of theory is the reason that was true of rocket and none of the other creations is because Rocket had friends and family, which is what the mm-hmm. four like the mm-hmm. four of them became, and that was the fuel to build the stronger connections and to surpass like the design mm-hmm. piece specifically, right? Like I think it was that community that they had, and that he was loved, um, and that love nurtured his ability to kind of stretch beyond his design. That's interesting because now again, like not locking into that or not, but certainly the high evolutionary, the the issue for the high evolutionary is how, how is it that you, like, it's all about his ego. And we, yeah. you and I were talking about this yesterday. Like his ego is embedded in his creation. I have to create perfection. Hold mm-hmm. on. How is it that you've done something that I didn't intend for mm-hmm. you to do? Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, but rocket, has simply grown in a, in a slightly different way. And somehow to him, uh, to the high evolutionary, this is, this is a problem. This is a problem because yeah. somehow have you gotten better than me? Yeah, that's right. And my ego can't take that. My yeah. ego can't take it. Exactly. Um, he, he's a terrifying villain in so many yes. Especially. So for me, the scariest part, especially for comparing him to Kang is that Kang was always a villain. He was never revered. He was never loved. The people who follow, follow out of fear. But the high evolutionary was loved, was revered, was like um, worshipped a little bit, which of course fed his ego and was super problematic. But you look at uh, Rocket and the other creatures, they loved him. Mm-hmm. Like did. sincerely loved him. And to me, that's a scarier villain. Mm. Because yeah. of the, the the falsehood there, you know. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's that. I like that observation. Absolutely. Um, I will say, total side note, not to steer us away, the introduction of Rocket's friends is the most terrifying character introduction yep. I've seen since Toy Story. Uh, yeah. Yep. Reminded yep, yep, yep. me of Toy Story when when they're in Sid's house and the characters start coming out. It's like yep. downright horrifying. But then the yeah. voices are so cute, and I you're know. like, "Oh my god, they're nice and friendly." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially Floor. Like yes. Floor, I think was the scariest looking, and you're like, "Ooh, what's gonna? Oh, okay." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like that you draw that out that they love the high evolutionary until until they don't, you know, yeah. and, until they the the well, they didn't know. They didn't know that they weren't going to go to counters and that they weren't made for like, it's just sad. Yeah. But even if like, to me, I don't know, it's just more psychologically manipulative. Okay. Let's, let's keep the toy story example. Right. So the toys all come out in like Sid's room. They all hate him. They're terrified of him. He's done these horrible things to them. Well, the high evolutionary has done horrible things to these creatures, but they love him. They don't hate him. Mm-hmm. They don't see it as, you know what I mean? Like they're not seeing it as he hurt me, he changed me, he tortured me. All of those things are true, but that's not their experience of it. Like to me that again, the scary villain part is that deep level of like psychological manipulation there. Well, they're living their life based on a promise that they've been given. Yeah. And, yeah. and the reality of anything else is, is, not even in their mind it's not even in their mind because this high evolutionary has no plans for them yeah and and they you know it's just like you know they're like oh it's gonna be so great and i can't wait for that day and he is mm -hmm. he's like well i'm not doing that with you you got which yeah. is sort of amazing because why do they keep he torches everybody else why keep them around do they do they ever establish why they keep those other ones around uh i think the ones he torches are because they get uh, extremely violent and can't be contained not not all the time no are you yeah, that's... About rocket's friends yeah i'm talking about why yeah rocket's like in the other the other creatures yeah because he, he he incinerates the other ones and some of them even says they're as peaceful as you are you know yeah yeah that's true I don't know. I think they were, were they all part of the same batch or was Rocket no. uh, the 89? Okay. Like, yeah, no, Rocket's batch 89, I think, was yeah. just the four of them? Or were there more? There might have been more. We don't actually know. Well, they they welcome Rocket in there, so I assume they're another batch. Uh, no, I think they're all batch 89 together because there's a batch um, 90, right? And there's, a, I think, could be wrong, but yeah. I don't think like batch 89 is all the raccoons, for example, or all the, I feel like probably batch 89 is we're going to try this mutation or this difference with this group. So all of them, like uh, Rocket, Floor, Teefs, Lila, they all had um, uh, biomechanics attached, right? So they all had some kind of metal something, uh, non-organic kind of connection. The ones where Rocket figured out the problem they were all fully biological and organic, right? They were just trying to evolve them super fast. Mm. So I like, and that's just my guess is sign like their <clears throat> experimentation was now we're going to try and attach metal limbs and see what that does. And now we're going to try 
okay, that's batch 89, batch 90. Now we're, I don't know, going to try crossbreeding this and this and see what happens. And yeah, yeah, but Which that movie's so good. I, I never thought of it. And, uh, I, again, I saw it online. Somebody said that it totally explains why Rocket's so obsessed with getting artificial limbs throughout this franchise. Mm. And I, now, now there's That's an actual point. purpose. Yeah. yeah, there's an actual purpose for it, right? Like, yeah. Um, That's and, a good point. Although, I mean, the leg in the first film was a hundred percent like a, a a gag, right? Was the just just wanted oh, to yeah, see if we do it? Yeah, it's a gag in every film. Yeah, it is. Yeah, the eye, like Thor's eye, and yeah, he threatens to get Bucky's arm, and then he does yeah. at Christmas. Like, it's so true. Gets it yeah. as a gift in the Christmas special. Yeah, like, um, but now because of this story, we gain some context. Understand? Talking yeah. about trauma, you know, there's there's this, you know, there's this need to to have artificial limbs, and I, you know, which we could get into. What mm -hmm. that means, I guess, but I mean, the, the, certainly in response to that, this is we we sort of understand we understand Rocket, of course, much more better, but we understand the Rocket that we've already known. Yeah, um, in is so much better, so much better. Um, it's you know the 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 high evolutionary, I think, is is one of the more terrifying villains we've seen, and part of it is because the animal trauma. But Mira, I think you're absolutely right. The idea of um him putting you know uh what's the word the the idea of him not being honest mm. the idea of him change like changing the purpose for what he's and again it's all about his ego and him yeah yeah terrifying what a terrifying vision and and you see it like in a super classically narcissistic way when he's interacting with rocket and then he doesn't get what he wants and then that instant, the rage and the switch and the, right? But before that, he was very saccharine, very like Rocket sitting on his lap. They're like, right? It's, yeah. But even that was terrifying when he was sitting on his lap and he had his hand over his, like, I don't know. It was just, it was like, yeah, you're right. It's, they fall in love with him as the creator, but it's, there's just, yeah, he is terrifying his mm -hmm. face so dealing with just going back to dealing with trauma for a minute because rocket obviously went off and did a number on the face right mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and and um basically kind of protected or or out you know kind of lashed out and having to deal with the trauma of what happened to him you know i'm i'm wondering how do you how did you know he never really got over that and i don't even think he got over it in this movie either um but what well, except for he on? stopped before killing him right yeah 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 and it's so weird maybe it's that love thing you were talking about it's like you still love them and can't shake it but you're so mad i just thought that that was interesting that he didn't even die at the end of the movie mm -hmm. oh see that to, that to me was a little bit about redemption and to me the rocket not killing him is actually to Rocket's benefit, not the High Evolutionary yeah. benefit, right? It freed Rocket from the hold that that the High Evolutionary had on him, totally. and the and the the like almost anvil around his neck of the death of his friends, yeah. And his feeling of responsibility again, blame again, right? So Peter Quill blame at the beginning. Um, if I hadn't been drunk, then this would have never you know happened to Rocket. 
And then you've got the high evolutionary who just decides anytime something goes wrong, he blames everybody else, but never himself. And you've got rocket blaming himself for the death of his friends. And I think it, right. And it's this anvil that just weighs you down. Um, But in him saying everybody deserves a second chance to me, that was a whole lot less about the high evolutionary getting a second chance and rocket just releasing that anvil, letting go of that blame piece and, and letting go of the hold that the high evolutionary had on him. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I love the way that you just put that. Cause that made, it's like everything you're feeling, but I couldn't put into words. Like I felt that in that moment. Right. And it's, but it didn't make sense because I was so angry that everything. Yeah ass has done to these animals and so I was like already furious but yep. um but yeah no I I thought I thought totally a, a fair assessment of that it's like even forgiveness like I, I need to forgive you in order to move on and yep. I need to let it go because um, the person it helps is me not you yeah right forgiving yeah. is more in the forgiver than the f- being person being forgiven and there's a cost yeah. to that mm-hmm. cost to that to the person doing the forgiving Mm-hmm. At least to say, I'm not going to hold this um, is pretty powerfully executed in this in this yeah. film. I, I yeah, really... I really like that too. I think mm-hmm. it's. But uh, how did you feel about um, um, Cracklin and and Yondu coming back and saying, you know, like trying to? I think that was him finding himself too. Did you see Yondu come back and say, like, believe in yourself, son, or something like that? I thought that was kind of yeah. cool. Yeah, like an apparition of him. Yeah, I I liked it. I'm not gonna lie. I really felt like Craglin was there because he's there. Like they yeah. had to give him something to do. Like his his primary storyline is calling Cosmo a bad dog and and it was fine yeah yeah like I I but the 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 Yondu moment was was lovely it was very sweet yeah I didn't think it was a key arc like it wasn't like but it was it was fine I thought I I it didn't I just thought oh that that's fun yeah like yeah they gave him something to do and because he really had nothing in to no he's pretty important at the end but yeah, he's always been a bit of a side character though, right? Like the the through through the entire series of Guardians, so it fits. Like it fits if, if he'd suddenly been a super main character, you'd been like, What happened there? Why the shift? Where is this coming from? Yeah. Yeah. I, exactly. I agree. Like I did he didn't yeah. need to be central. Uh, no. but he, he was a little more prominent when Yondu was alive because they yeah. sort of like his guy. Yep. But, other than that, like it was, I, I love Sean Gunn. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, he's fun. And Sean Gunn had a lot to do in this one anyway because he's Rocket. So he had a lot yes. very busy. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I thought, I thought it was a fun moment. Wait, wait, what do you mean he's Rocket? It's not Bradley Cooper anymore? Oh, no, no, Bradley no, that, Cooper is the voice. Yeah, the voice. He was actually the one that does the, like, the, is it a, is it a toy that they hold up? I think he, like, does the actual, he, like, he really? Body. Yeah, he has always like acted suit. for Rocket. What? I had no idea. You didn't know? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, no. yes. He gets two paychecks. That's... Oh wow. Yeah. And so it's has... like it's literally like the the dots and the and then the or a puppet like. Yeah. He's the animator well, of the puppet kind no, of thing. No, he's he. It's the they're movement. animating Rocket's yeah. movements over his. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yes. 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 Yeah. Um, wow. I had no idea. That is so cool. 
Yeah, they couldn't have given him more than poor guy. You're right. He had a lot of work. He, he was busy. He was busy. Yeah. It was a very rocket centered yeah. story. So he <clears throat> although yeah. I'd I'd pay for a picture to see Sean Gunn cuddled by the high evolutionary. Oh my brain. god, I would, would love be, that. Right? Sitting on his lap. What? Yeah, sitting yeah. on his lap and yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I'm gonna have to go look that that would be hilarious that a picture does exist. Um I uh I, you know I had to throw this in there, but when when mantis kind of took off um are you did you get the sense that there might be like a little mantis disney plus plus spin-off because here's why i'm throwing it in there because in the in the comics vision and mantis actually get together so i don't know how that ties in who in vision and mantis Mantis. yeah i I don't know how that ties in but i want vision doesn't exist anymore right in the in the in the comic i don't know okay well he well he not that he doesn't exist white vision exists Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. If they bring back Vision and put him with anybody other than Scarlet Witch, oh, yeah. she's people gonna are gonna There will be hell to pay. <laughs> like it just doesn't make sense. Although yeah. I did hear, and I'm Dina, you can I'm sure you can back me up on this. Oh, the so legendary Star Lord reference is in reference to a comic, a short comic series that was about ten years ago. Where he gets together with Kitty Pride. Yes. Yes. So that to me have? screams Disney Plus. And it screams yeah. like, okay, now this is a way to bring in the X-Men. Like that, mm-hmm. if that's true. Oh, that that's I mean, I it might not be that at all, but yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I just have to throw that little nerdy geek stuff out of the way. But... Yeah. So good. But yeah. Overall. Loved it. Can't wait to see it again, actually. Well, minus the crying. But um... Yeah. Do you think, though, actually, I have a question about that. Do you think that it will get any less emotional watching it more than the one time? I don't know, man. Those scenes, I... Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I just couldn't... I couldn't handle it. So, I don't know. I think so. I Personally, I think so, because I know what's coming. But I mean, there are some films that hit you every time. I yeah. I don't know if this would be it. One of them, yeah. Um, but it might be. You might see something else, right? That you're like, oh man, yeah. I was so emotional about this one. I forgot about this, and one. I missed this part. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the reality: like... you bring yourself into this film anytime you see it. So when you're whatever situation you're dealing with is different, you're gonna take yeah. something different from it. So. It's true. And where you're um, like, and, and you bring yourself in that moment, right? So you're a different person in different moments. And sometimes you, yeah, I think about that a lot, that a lot when I think about when we watched Marcel the Shell with shoes on, like I so did not, we watched this movie, Dina, and it was so beautiful and very sweet. Um, but it just hit me super hard, like very emotional, really? reminded me of my grandmother, spoiler alert, the grandma dies in the movie. And I just, I felt I was so emotional about it I couldn't talk like I was trying to say something and I couldn't talk I was totally choked up so you never know like and I mean I've only seen it the one time maybe I see it again and I'm just as choked up or less choked up or not at all but yeah I just yeah it's such it was such a good it was well written it was just everything I wanted the hope I needed after because Ant-Man gave me a little bit of hope but I think I think you're right like Paul Rudd it's good to see him in small doses. Do I want a whole movie? I don't know. 
Well, also he good. never ages. We can see him again in 50 he's years. Perfect. Look exactly he's the same. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> but then with this one, I was like, oh, I want every Marvel movie to have this effect. It just, yeah. so I, I, and I, and the fact that it's kind of done, well, the new, new guardians have come on the scene, which we can also discuss if you want. I thought they're kind of an interesting bunch. Um, but it'll be interesting to see Rocket kind of take the lead after all the time that he's like, you know, Thor's like, oh, you seem like you're the captain of the ship. And he's like, oh, you're very perceptive. Like, he's been wanting this. Yeah. And he finally gets it. And it's yeah. sort of his story being told. And this is, so I really like that as well near the end. So, yeah. It was just, what'd you think of Gamora and sort of her being with the Ravagers and finding family there? As opposed to maybe giving the Guardians a chance. Yeah. I don't know. There was this whole conversation between her and Peter that I remember about, you know, this is your, like, this is your family or this is where you find family. Yeah. Or if that, you know, back way yeah. back when, this is where you found family. And at the end, though, she went back. Yeah. So it's, I thought that was kind of interesting. She just felt so harsh to me. And I don't know if it's be, like, I forget what she was like at the very beginning, maybe. Mm -hmm. She just felt so harsh. I was like, oh, oh, all is lost. Like, there's no softness here. It's like the completely emotionless, very hard Thanos' daughter, Gamora. And it, I was like, no, why? All gone? Nothing? Like, Yeah. It's interesting that she found herself this way. And yeah. it was like, even Nebula, like trying to explain to her. So I, I don't know that I like this Gamora, to be honest. Um, mm. I just didn't, I don't know. I mean, I, I got, I got it, but even watching the first guardians, she wasn't killing people this way. She was she? Harsh. I don't think I she just, was. I don't know. I Maybe we're romanticizing. I yeah. have to go yeah. back and watch it because she is cold in the first one. She's quite cold. Um, because she is bounty hunter. She's a bounty hunter. But she that's wasn't as bad as Nebula. Her. Maybe that's why I didn't think of her as bad. Because Nebula was really bad in the first one. Nebula's worse. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's why I thought like it was overshadowed by Nebula. And I didn't really pay attention to Gamora being bad. I don't know. Like I just, this one, she was worse to me. Yeah, way worse. I just didn't really like her very much. Yeah. yeah I thought she was great. <laughs> I thought yeah. she was great. And I thought she was great. I'll tell you why. I, I like I know some people and I, I've just given up trying to figure out logic in these things like it doesn't make it doesn't have to make sense why she's there like whatever I mean yeah. get it fine but I thought she was great because they let her take her own take a different journey they let her take a different path That's what I'm saying she found herself in a different way yes. and I'm like and I appreciated that it was just the complete, the way she entered back in. She didn't yeah. find, I didn't, I'm like, this isn't, I didn't, I didn't see her as that bad in the, in the Guardians. I'm like, where did this come from? I don't know. She but got that's worse. what she would be like she knowing the Ravagers. Remember the Ravagers it, exactly. are not, like yeah. that's a Rav, that's a Ravager lifestyle. So like, yeah. you're you right. know, she yeah. ends up, she ends up essentially a pirate. Yeah. Um, and she's and, gotta be tough. Yeah. And that ending, the way that that goes together, see, mm -hmm. like they gave her a little bit of softness at the end with the look, with the you know the glance mm -hmm. at Peter, yeah. but they didn't force it. They yeah. didn't. They didn't have a moment where it was like, you know, you've softened my heart. No, I love that that didn't happen. I loved it. Yeah, it didn't happen. Yep. 
they yeah. let her be her they let her be her new self and that's mm. why i liked it because i felt like it was authentic like it, it felt like her character came back and this is what she's like and this is her experience mm. when she got here and she's still that way and it is what it is with, yeah she ended up with other jerks and she stayed yeah. a jerk because they're jerks and 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 you know that's why i thought it worked because they just they just let her be someone different now her story worked i just didn't like her as oh, well, i didn't like fair. her but yeah. the story in the movie worked for me because i was like if they would have forced it and she was like i'm in love with you now peter after the, i found your picture in the thing True and love's kiss all, made me remember yeah, like, everything even the yeah. photo like she was going through his backpack and i'm like oh god is this where this is headed but it didn't go there and i was happy because you know i mean it's a touching moment give yeah. the throwaway kind of touching moment to those who are invested in that relationship but yeah no i i just didn't like her right. but yeah the character the story fits i'm glad it went that way and and without gamora the movie would have been a lot shorter and run a lot more smoothly because she often ended up being the source of foiling the plans so un true. unintentionally right yeah she she is sort of unnecessary i'm not gonna lie in the film mm -hmm. but she's also very necessary to the others journeys mm -hmm. but like her her arc isn't necessary unless she, she's serving a foil the role of a foil mm -hmm. uh, for sure yeah no i i mean listen she saved rocket i guess she called well first of all she brought the enemy right to rocket and then she saved rocket because she was the only one on the ship okay great like she maybe grew a little heart like the grinch a little two size two sizes <laughs> bigger um but you know i mean so maybe that's kind of her purpose i just didn't i didn't relate to her as much i did find the sadness of when rocket obviously was mm. dead or almost dead um of nebula and peter and how everybody reacted but they were so devastated and then relieved when he's back to life and that when nebula found out i was just like oh because she's also kind of emotionless and doesn't show affection and but with rocket they were together you remember right like they they were together when everybody got snapped and they just they had this different journey for a few years and it and it felt very sincere yeah like none of it was contrived none of it was overacted none of it was forced over the top story like it just was so genuine. Yeah. Uh, kudos to the actors for that, right? Oh, and, and, yeah. and James and the all of it, but it just felt sincere and real and genuine. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, it was really touching. It was a really touching moment. But... Yeah. <sighs> what a feel-good movie. <laughs> I'm so happy with it. I'm just yeah. so happy with it. I it was, was really just, well done. It was just very well done. Um, and I love that fight scene. Oh, Which that one? fight scene that was like that it was like almost the last one, right? When they were oh. fighting the and it was all in the one hallway, the kind of the one shot. You could see each of them fight. Oh so good. I, I like that I'd like to talk about Nathan Fillion's like role in the film. I thought that was hilarious. Those weird flesh-looking floating suits, like oh my god, yes! Can we talk about those? Those were hilarious. It was so funny, they and he were just hilarious. and they looked like little like udders. Oh yes, like, what, yes. Like, what? <laughs> His level of like arrogance and and bravado just reminded me so much of Captain Hammer from uh, Doctor Horrible's sing along blog. 
Like it was just That's a deep cut reference. But he just strikes that tone so well that it's ridiculous and you buy it from him. You know what I mean? Like you're like, wow, that can't be a real person. No, no, okay, I see it. I love that he's like, We well, yeah, yeah, I know the feeling. I have you know, he's like, he annoys me too, or whatever. And he's yeah, like, yeah, I got one of those on my team. Yeah. So I really like that. I thought that was yeah. hilarious. I thought the suits it was so were funny so too. funny. Yep. Uh, yeah, that was really I, I almost forgot about that, but I did laugh at that part. It was really so good. Fun. Oh my god, the yeah. part where like Mantis makes the guy fall in love with Drax. Yeah, I was dying. It's she does it every time. She does it every time. What what sells that joke for me is her laugh. Yeah, it's not. It's it's like the scene is fine and it's like oh ha 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 ha, but it's like her response uh, to her own. Yes, joke, it, it was yeah. it was. Uh, it yeah. was just so pleasant. Yeah, I really yeah. enjoyed that. Yeah, and I like their relationship. You can tell their relationship has come a, a long way when she's defending Drax. Yeah, and. Yeah, that's a really special type of relationship right there, I think, between Drax and Mantis. Drax also came full circle. I really liked his way yeah. they took him with this. Yeah. So Yeah, love bringing him back to being a father, right? Because the, the oh. fuel for his vengeance in the beginning was the murder of his wife and yes. daughter. Yeah. 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 It was really good. Yeah. Well, this is entirely <laughs> unnecessary, but we should start to wrap it up. We should screen it or skip it. Are you? Yes. Are you? Are you? Do you have any question about what? Gar Guardians, screen be? it or skip it. I screen it. Screen it. Buy it. Wait for it on Disney Plus. Everything. All the things. Yep. Two very enthusiastic thumbs up. Screen it all the way. Yeah, I really, really liked it. I liked it even more than the Christmas special. Um. Okay. I really liked it. It's become, I think it's quickly becoming one of my, I, okay. I, I'm not going to say it's like top five Marvel. It's weird to say top 10 Marvel is like top tier, but it's, there's like, we're like 800 well, movies on this. I, I was going to say, know, aren't right? there like 40 movies? I mean, yeah. top 10 and 40 movies is still the top 25%. Good. Uh, like, I mean, I, I thought it was excellent. I, it might be my favorite of the Guardians films. I don't, yes. I'm going to lie. I'm not, okay, I got to say this. I don't fully understand why the first one people tell me, say, is the best Marvel movie. I don't love it. It's funny. Uh, that's what they say. Who's saying this? I hear that a lot. I don't know about the best Marvel movie, but I liked it very much. Like, it's so funny, it's light. It was different than all the other Marvel yes. films. I think that's why it gets points. Yeah. Because it yeah. was. It's, it was my, it's one of my point. favorite series of the. It's one of my favorite series of the. Like, it's it's really good. And the cast is good. And, yeah. But, I, but this one is definitely the best of the three for mm. me. Yeah. I don't understand. Uh, when you look at the critics' reviews, the first one is much, much higher. I, I'd say mm. in terms of its ratings, it's much, much, much higher than than the other films. And I think that's a novelty factor though, right? Mm -hmm. It's like why sequels are never quite, because the tropes have already been done, the characters have already been placed. Like when it's it's something brand spanking new and out of nowhere, that novelty factor like just kicks everything up a couple of notches. Yeah, maybe. It, I, I mean, it's an absolute, like to me, it, now I've, Sometimes I got to throw an asterisk in there. It is not a lighthearted romp. 
Mm-mm. Like to say that this is a screen it for me, it absolutely is. But this is a dark and heavy film. Like it truly yeah. is. It's, it's a hard watch. Which I think is a good disclaimer for folks who are interested in like taking their kids because you take your kids to all the Marvel movies. There is some intensity, some really big conversations that will come out of watching this. But some children. parents did complain. I heard that some parents did complain that it wasn't, that they weren't, they didn't expect it or something like that. Again, yeah. Yeah. Which I understand. Yeah. I get that. A lot of people just see the Marvel logo and they're like, oh, it's fine. Yeah. And that doesn't, that doesn't mean. Well, we talked about, yeah, we talked about Dr. Strange and how people left that, children left the theater like, here, take my, take my Scarlet Witch one. I don't want her anymore. I'm terrified of her. Like, this is, you know, and it wasn't rated R. So. Yep. Yeah. This franchise has grown up. Like. Yeah. This it, it was always a little mature at the beginning. I mean, with with character like Iron Man. Yes. Yeah. Iron Man is quite a mature story. That first mm-hmm. one's quite mature. Uh, but the rest of the, you know, like Thor is goofy. Uh, Cap is like an Indiana Jones film. But the franchise has grown up, and now they're dealing with topics of trauma, mm-hmm. abuse, like yes. heavy, heavy, heavy hitters. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's grown with their audience. So, I mean, that to me would be an asterisk on it, but it's an, as a Marvel fan and as a person who is invested in, in, in good superhero films, I want a good one. Mm. It's fantastic. It is, I think it's a fantastic film. I don't understand the hatred for it because of, for the, for a Marvel film, it's, it's top tier. I Uh, totally agree. Yeah. So, and then the soundtrack, that opening song with creep and it was like, it's such a good song. Yeah. Just like, oh, this is exactly how I wanted this to open. And that's not that. That's an actual. That's a remix of the song, right? That's yes. not the original. It's like creepier than the original. <laughs> it just fits so well. <laughs> the creepier version of creep for the. Beginning. I want that soundtrack. Yeah, I yeah. definitely love. Uh. Yeah. When when they played Space Hog, I was thrilled. Of course, it also bothered me because now. They're playing classic music that I grew up with, and I'm like, "Oh crap!" <laughs> that just means yeah, yeah. Oh my Space god! I was like, I've had people come to me. They're like, "What's that song that they played outside?" <laughs> the and I'm like, "No, oh, that's in the meantime." And that's yeah. classic. I I love I love that, and I love that um, song when they go to Counter Earth with that family. Which one? When they go that? into the house, I need to find the song. Like I. It's like a different language song. I'll have to find it and send it over to you. But I love, I love the soundtrack. I love that kids who are younger who don't know the, some of the songs get to now get love to the songs. I mean, yep. I remember Rubber Band Man is like a thing. Then now kids, you know, forget millennials, like Gen Xers and you know Gen Zs and whatever, like they they know this music. They're downloading it, like they are listening to it. Great, let it yeah. all happen because. There's an appreciate. There has to be a timeless appreciation for some of these um, songs that just yep. never get old. Yeah. No matter how old you are. I say, the thing yeah. that I thought was hilarious was when they all go to the spaceship in their in their spacesuits, and I'm like, this is such a generational thing. The young kids were like, look, they're doing it among us. Ah! What? It's like this is this is two thousand one a space odyssey, and yeah. and the younger, I I don't even know what that yes, is. Yes. It's like 
Now that's oh that 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 hurts my soul. But uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. Always thank you. I love our conversations. I always adore them. I appreciate your time. Uh, thank you so much again. Thank, thank you. you. Always a pleasure. These are always lots of fun. Uh, we've had some scheduling issues. I'm not going to lie. This is episode 197. And Ooh. part of me is a little sad of that because we've had some scheduling issues. I hadn't hoped this would be episode 201 because the first episode we ever did was Age of Ultron. And I thought the next one, once we get over that, should be a Marvel film. But um, I know here we So I think we are back next week. But episode 197 and we are coming up, coming up fast to 200, which is uh, exciting for me. Amazing. That's amazing. It, wow. It's been, been quite a ride. But uh, anyway, uh, a reminder for you at home, you can find us wherever podcasts are available on your favorite podcast server. You can also find us on YouTube. You can like and subscribe to us on that as well. If you go to the podcast page at screenfish.net, you can download uh, Fishing for More, some small group questions to help you get the conversation started uh, with your friends of the Guardians as well. Uh, so thank you both again. And for you at home, we started the conversation. This was Screenfish. Thank you.